he sits down with former Badgers to break down the season. Whether it's on defense or offense, we got to put it to the team immediately. Talk about that. That's the hardest thing to pick up. I would like to see our corners play a little more aggressive. Now, I think that's when our run game started get going. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilfrin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome in to the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. We are live from Coaches Club in Cross Plains right on Main Street. This is the first Wisconsin Football Roundtable, and the football season's going to get underway for Wisconsin tomorrow night as they travel down to Tampa to take on South Florida. We're excited to talk about that, and I'm excited to be joined by three former Badgers here this afternoon. And they will be with us, uh, or I should say most of them will be with us throughout the entire season. Now, we'll start on my left here. And Brady Ewing, former fullback, uh, walk-on actually at Wisconsin, uh, went on to win two Big Ten titles and also become a team captain. Thank you for thank you for being here, Brady. Yeah, you bet. Excited to chat it up with some former teammates and uh, get it rolling. Yeah. Uh, then we'll hear in, my, in the middle here, Mike Taylor, nearly 400 tackles in his career, two-time first-team All-Big Ten player, three-time Big Ten champion. Mike, how you doing? Doing pretty well. Thanks for having us. Yeah. And then following up here, Bill Nagy, offensive lineman, uh, honorable, honorable mention All-Big Ten, and also drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. Bill, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Really excited. Football season does get underway for the Badgers tomorrow night. Uh, the Packers obviously going to be finishing up uh, preseason action tonight. A few college football games, uh, but then it is uh, Wisconsin at South Florida uh, I wanted to start uh, here because Wisconsin last year, and we'll just dive right into it, Wisconsin last year did not live up to expectations. I think we can all agree with that. They started the year yep. in the top five of the country. They ended up the season unranked. They went 8-5. and five. They finished nicely, three, uh, 35-3 win over Miami in the uh, Pinstripe Bowl. But, um, you know, you guys were all part of a team or around there. 2008 was a season with huge expectations uh, and did not live up to expectations that year either. Uh, it did not end as well for you guys that year, I don't think. Uh, it was it eight and six and, and lost big time, to, or seven and six and lost big time to Florida State, I believe, in the in the champs champ sports bowl. That was not good. <laughs> that was a rough year for sure. Right, but mentality wise, what is what are this Brady? What is this team thinking about now, or what was this off season like for this team? coming off what was a disappointing year and you know 2009 you guys bounced back and, and went on and went 9-3 and won the uh, champ sports bowl or 10-3 I should say. Yeah I think the biggest thing looking back at that season the transition for me was just the burning and the fire in the offseason training program whether it's hitting winter conditioning or spring ball um, I'd say by the time you get around to the regular season personally it's kind of in the rearview mirror it's a new team it's a new mission um, but you always have that in the back of your mind I don't know what about you guys? I think it all starts you know, coming in the summer, you kind of realize, you think about the, the previous year, did you live up to expectations? Did you as a team, you know, accomplish your goals? And on an individual level, did you actually, you know, contribute? Did you play your best? You know, look back, self-scout self yourself. Um, could you have been better? Could you, you know, have done more to, you know, ha affect an outcome of a game? And then, you know, more so the entire season. It's just going to start coming in. Uh, off-season summer training did you have a good summer lift with the group with group of guys um you know your position groups did you push each other did you try to get better better each time you took the field each time you took that the weight room um have you been hitting the weights still <laughs> personally i have been working out he's, he's got um, some veins popping here on the arms my taylor wow. does well i appreciate it. i'll have woodwear a long sleeve shirt <laughs> next week maybe we're fending people off over here it's a hot day today but 
um, yeah, I think it just starts, you know, coming in with the, the proper mindset in the season and just maintaining that. Hopefully, um, tomorrow night's game, you set a tone and just try to carry that forward, not only for tomorrow, but, you know, week to week. But, like, for you, you know, in 2008, you didn't, you didn't actually play in a game. But do you still own that, uh, that season as a guy who, you know, even if you didn't step on the floor or, or on the field? Or was it like, because I remember talking to Matt Bernstein about it, and he goes, and they had a really bad, I think it was the year that he redshirted as a, you know, it was a fullback, and he, and he redshirted and. He was like, I can't believe I'm taking the I'm taking the heat for all these guys not being able to get the job done. I put me out there, I get the job done. Um, but or or is it we're all yeah, we're at, all some point, at some point you're going to have to take accountability, responsibility from what you see, whether you're playing or not. Um, you kind of you know see what you put on the field. Is that what you want to be? Is that how you want to be remembered? Is that you know why you came to Wisconsin? How you want to play? And that can affect you in a negative way or a positive way. And if you you know, if you're a player that wants to contribute, that wants to play, that wants to be a big-time starter, you're going to see exactly what happened the year before, and you're going to try to, you know, find room for improvement. How do you get better, you know, individually and as a team? Bill? Yeah, just adding on to that, those guys did a really good job just from an off-season training perspective and the focus. And I know the coaches, starting with Ross Kalaji and Sean Snee and the guys in the weight room, they do an unbelievable job um, on a day-to-day basis just – having those guys focus on what's truly important but going back when you set the expectations so high and you're a top five team going into a year um i mean the expectations were essentially college football playoff or bust right and there were some guys that played a ton of football on that team starting with the offensive line and the expectations that those guys had um and you know once one game slips, then two games, and it's a slippery slope, right? And um, I think there were, you know, some other things going on, but ultimately, would you like um, to share what those other things were going on? You know what? And I don't hundred <laughs> percent know the facts. No, I, I, I know, I know. But I will tell you this: I had an opportunity. I was at practice this past Friday, and it's just a hungry group, and it's a lot of young guys that are really looking to to make, you know, their identity and to earn their stripes and. Everybody was bought in, and David Mormon, who's a fifth-year senior, he's one of the, the old vets of the group, and he said, we've never been closer. And that's what you like to hear. Yeah. Sometimes it's not about the individuals. And um, just going back to last year, there was a lot of individual success and in preseason All-Americans, and obviously you have JT at running back this year, but a lot of similarities when you reflect back on that 2018. Yeah. And you look at there are a lot of guys that – some are still playing that had very successful NFL careers, right? Right. But ultimately, that you guys know, Wisconsin football, it's about the team. It's not the, the individuals, right? For sure. And from an outsider's perspective, spending a little time around the team, you know, going down to practices or some different events, that's the thing that jumps out to me is these guys seem incredibly close. They have each other's back. Even when you hear JT speak, he's talking about the mm-hmm. team and how he can get better. You know, a guy that's up for the Heisman Trophy. So it's encouraging and it, you know excited to see how it goes starting tomorrow. And they do take on South Florida uh, tomorrow night. So you're, you're, just to go back, uh, Bill, you were talking about some of the individual accolades. You're saying it was not a good thing for the offensive line to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated last year? <laughs> I think you saw the result of that, right? But um, An offensive lineman, they, it's not a credited position, right? right. It's, it's a thankless one, and when you get attention, it's usually for a bad thing, right? Sure. Um, but... Uh, Personally, I didn't like seeing that. Yeah. And it wasn't because I don't want those guys to be successful. And I love those guys like brothers, but um, they didn't take ownership. And that was the product on the field. Um, 
and you guys saw it in the last game against Minnesota. It looked like a bunch of puppies out there that just wanted to go home, and that's not Wisconsin football. And I know that the guys this year, the attitude, the ownership that they're taking, I'm just excited to watch them play. Right. And it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a tough team. I know Charlie Strong's got a good program. He's a heck of a recruiter. There's going to be some athletes on the road. I'm just excited to watch those guys cut it loose. Yeah. Uh, one addition, and you talked about bringing guys together and being close. One guy, and Paul Chris has talked about it, everyone's talked about it, Quintez Cephas. Um, that, how big of an addition is that, Mike, this late in? I mean, <laughs> you're not expecting him to be here. He's been gone for a year, and all of a sudden, August 20th, he shows back up, your best receiver two years ago. How big of it is to add a, not just him as a player, but him as a person? It's clear that they love him. Right. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, you know, the whole off-the-field distraction, we'll call it is what it is. I mean, that's just what it is, right? And, you know, it all depends on how those guys, you know, welcome welcome them back as they should. Obviously, he's a really good player, um, a very good receiver. And, you know, it's just going to be one of those things is how much time did you actually have to kind of get back in the football shape? How does that affect not only you but – you know, some of the other guys, maybe not seeing you around in the locker room, in the weight room. Um, obviously, he's, he's very gifted. Yeah. It'll probably just come back, like riding a bicycle, I, I assume. But, I mean, training camp is not easy. And when you miss most of it, it's one of those things you got to get your conditioning up. Um, obviously, you got to get to know the playbook and get that timing down with your quarterback. Not only that, there's blocking, there's new guys in. Um, and like I said, I think the biggest part is just you know, getting familiar with the with the playbook and kind of what you're going to go through. Um, but I mean, he's a young kid. Was he 20 years old? 21. Yeah. 21 years old. So he'll bounce back. He'll he'll get in the swing of things. Obviously, he missed football for what the better part of a year, and I think that's probably going to keep keep him hungry. Really. I mean, if I was in his shoes, and that happened to me, I could not wait to get back on the field and kind of put it to rest exactly what was going on, and and just get get your butt back on the field and and really just have fun with your teammates. You know and start living a, a normal, I guess, college football life as much as you can, really. So um, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm glad he's back on the field, and I hope he has a, a great year, and obviously he's going to be a big a big part of the year, I believe. Yeah. Uh, he was coming off a leg injury too, right? He was, yeah. He has not played since November of 2017. Got hurt, missed the last five games of the year, uh, but he was. I mean, he had 30 catches, 500 yards, six touchdowns before he got hurt. He was they were expecting like NFL type stuff from him last year, and you, you've you've been around him, uh, you know, in the weight room, you know, when you were on the staff, Brady, correct? A little bit, yeah. A little bit. So, recruiting standpoint, yep. Yeah. So what 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 kind of kid is? He? Incredibly talented. I think what spoke volumes to me is watching his teammates, as Mike had mentioned, support him through this process. Yeah. You know, Chris Orr. Um, you know, he's a flamboyant guy, so he's one that you definitely recognize. But those guys going out supporting him. Seeing the, the way Coach Gilmore supported him and, and reading some of the quotes from uh, Quintez's you know, high school coach talking about um, Coach Gilmore supporting him. And so yeah. it's, I think that's the biggest part of the team, and, and you hear Coach Chris talk about him and you know the, the love his teammates have for him. You know, the conditioning, you know, the weight room stuff will, will take care of itself and it'll just be a matter of time. But um, as long as the team's accepting and, and he's in a good headspace, which it seems like he is, rightfully so, um, I think that's what's biggest right now. Yeah. You're listening to the Wisconsin Football Roundtable here on The Zone. Uh, we're at, we are at Coach's Club on Main Street in Cross Plains. 
Uh, before we go to break, I uh, just wanted to get into a little bit of uh, Jack Cohn a little bit, the guy who's going to be throwing Quintez the ball. He's the starter. Nobody actually expected him to be the starter, I don't think, uh, especially at this time last year. Everyone's expecting Graham Mertz, the high, highly rated kid, four-star kid out of Kansas. And he, he came in in the spring. He looked good. Had a, had a solid camp. You know, he had some, made some great throws, which you would expect out of a kid who is that highly rated. Also had some throws that weren't that great, and, and that's why he's going to be the backup. But expectations for Jack Cohn, uh, Bill, here in, I guess this is going to be his fifth start, uh, his fifth start on the road, actually, as well. Uh, expectations for him as a, as a quarterback this year. First off, I just, I truly don't think anybody has actually seen the real Jack Cohn. Because it's always been from a backup position. It's always been from a game management um, type role that he's been in. Yeah. So I'm excited to just see him cut it loose a little bit. Um, I wouldn't expect more than 12 to 15 attempts in the first game or two just to get things rolling. Just from a play calling standpoint, I know Paul likes to get the ball, you know, pound the ball, run it a little bit. and I, I expect some long 8 to 12 play drives. But uh, I, I don't think anybody has really seen the true Jack Cohn play. And I don't think anybody's seen it cut it loose. So it, besides his teammates right, and all the support from those guys. And Coach Chris says, you know, if Coach Chris is saying that quarterback had a heck of a camp and he earned it, if there's anybody who's going to, you know, give you the stripes and the, the merit that you earned, it's going to be Paul. So I'm excited to just watch him play. And going back to Graham Mertzen, most highly touted quarterback recruit ever um, ever <laughs> ever in the world the history of all football right like and that's not fair to that kid either um i mean he's just trying to figure it out i remember what i was doing my freshman year retro freshman year <laughs> what were we doing friday after class <laughs> yeah fac yeah. <laughs> i wasn't worried about starting quarterback i'll tell you that right now but um i'm just excited to see jack play yeah. is there any uh any pressure on jack cone you think given <laughs> You know, there's some, obviously we're talking about the hype of this Graham kid, and I'm not going to sit here and say I know either too well. Obviously, right. I've seen a few games of Jack Cohn, but, you know, mentally, what is he thinking? I mean, he sat behind yeah. what, Hornerbrook for, for the past two for, years. For two years, and he look what happened with, you know, Hornerbrook. He's yep. gone, and I don't know, and mentally, just to watch a quarterback in front of you, what happens when you don't play super well, you know, yeah. Hornerbrook's no longer here. Yeah. and. Now he's a kid behind you that everyone's talking about, yeah. saying, "Hey, this Graham Graham Merritt's kid. He's got an arm. He's, he's a player. You know, he's a, a gunslinger." And yeah. here we are. You know, we're called start one of the 2019 season, and we're kind of hyping it up already. Where it's like, "Hey, where's Jack mentally? What does he think about yeah. the you know kid behind him? What is he? Is he out there just having fun? Is he out there to win? Is he playing tentative?" Yeah. Does I mean, he feel the the full uh, boat of confidence? You know, leading into the season. Yeah. You know, he's been named the guy QB one, but. All he's got to do is hand the ball off to JT. <laughs> That's a good start. That'll and give him I'm not trying ease to the nerves a little no, bit. No, you're just right. in all honesty, though, like he just needs to control, not make mistakes, not turn the ball over, and they'll be fine. They'll win a lot of football games, and they'll be in every single game if he doesn't make bonehead throws and manages the game. And, and, if, yeah, and, and if he does make a mistake, yeah. who are people going to be calling for? Exactly. Yeah. Right? And so I, I really am rooting for him, and I think he's going to do really well. And reflecting back to 2009, just because we were talking about it earlier, yeah, um, not 100%, but a lot of similarities to when Scott Tolzien took the starting position. You had a guy, Kurt Phillips, who was very highly recruited. Yep. You have the spread and 
both are close friends of mine, but I, I remember that quarterback battle when it was when Scott was named the starter. It was like Scott, like what? It's only a matter of time before Kurt starts right. taking the reps and starts doing that, and he developed into a you know seven year NFL quarterback. Yeah. So I, I don't think we truly know until we see Jack play and you know see, see him make some of those throws and. Having Quintez back, I mean, that's going to be that's, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. I remember 2009. Uh, I had no idea who Scott Tolzien was. They named the start. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Are we really? You going to throw this guy out here? <laughs> yeah. First pass of the game, and that was an 80-yard touchdown to Isaac, Isaac Anderson. Anderson yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it worked. It worked out pretty well for Wisconsin. Uh, we're going to take a break and come back and get in a little bit more into the game for tomorrow when they take on South Florida. You're listening to the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable with Zach Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome back into the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. I'm Zach Heilprin, joined by former Badgers Bill Nagy, Mike Taylor, and Brady Ewing, getting in, getting you ready for Wisconsin's game tomorrow night against South Florida. Badgers favored by 12 and a half. Does that seem a little bit high? Or uh, I mean, I don't know who good South Florida is going to be. They got a new offensive coordinator. They got some skill, but it seems uh, going on the road, road game. What do you think, Bill? A little high? When I say when I see they set it at 12, 12 and a half, I looked at the over under at 56. Yeah. They're expecting the defense to give up some points. Now. That's what I saw. That's how that's I how, equated it. Okay. Right? All right. But I'm taking Wisconsin all day with it. I think it's fair, but at the same time, I don't know enough about South Florida and yeah. some of the weapons that they have. It's so much of an unknown. Um, very unknown. And the way that Paul will call the plays and I think open it up, I think he'll be running the ball. You're going to see an eight-man box, um, cover one, cover three, that's just what you're going to get, right? When you have a guy like JT, he's going to be able to make that man miss. But at the same time, they're going to be fresh coming into the game. They're going to be looking to tackle. I think they were they were not good against the they run were last year. Terrible yeah. against the run last year, from what I heard. Yeah. Um. So you know that was their whole emphasis the whole year, especially week one against the best back in the country. Um. You know what their focus is going to be on. So we'll see. Yeah, we will see. Uh, um. Go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say, um, I was watching, what was it, Florida versus um, Miami. Miami, right? It was one of the, the first games out. And, you know, two hype teams. I think Florida was, like, number seven or something like that. And, you know, I watched that game, and I thought, man, these these teams, at least on defense, tackling-wise, I don't know what they were doing all camp, but they, they weren't working on live tackling. And I right. think, you know, tomorrow night's game, you know how well did South Florida? How much did South Florida practice tackling a you know 230 pound you know track star? Really, um, and that's a good I mean, point. Mike. You know I the like first game of the year, it's one of those things like, hey, are you ready to actually hit yeah. and tackle? And Absolutely. how much you've been doing it in camp? So when it goes for Wisconsin in that right too, I mean because yeah, how, how much check in Wisconsin's box for sure. It is, but like how much live tackling is Wisconsin doing? I mean back when you guys were playing, it was probably a little bit more. I mean they were still doing two days back when. Yep. Yeah. When, you were, when you guys were playing, they don't do two a days now. It's it's and there there was very little live tackling, at least that that we saw. 
Um, you know, JT hasn't been tackled since, and you obviously wouldn't want to do it. I mean, he hasn't been yep. tackled since last December. So, I mean, he, it's going to take a little bit for them to get used to it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm asking. For sure. I think the only time in fall camp back when we were playing is probably on, you know, scrimmage days we'd thud up, yeah. you know, in half pack or full pack. But, you know, Saturdays or some of the other days we'd have scrimmages and, you know what, there's a fine line there. It's like how much can you actually do and keep guys healthy and be smart about it. Yeah. But like Mike said, how much do you need to do to be ready to come in and, you know, play a game? It seems like it just goes from one extreme to the other with that. It's either too much tackling <laughs> or not enough. And I know those guys are excited to get out there and hit somebody other than their, their own team. Yeah. yeah. Um, so South Florida, so around here, it's been pretty nice, hasn't it, weather-wise? I mean, we haven't seen a ton of 80s. Very, I don't think we've hit the 90s uh, in August at all. Very little humidity. That's not going to be the case tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow night, they're calling for temps. Uh, I saw low 80s, heavy humidity. It's going to feel like it's in the 90s. Maybe a, a hurricane, Potentially, possibly, right? A, a hurricane uh, <laughs> looming uh, on the shores of, of, of Florida. Uh, wondering, just from your playing days, the warmest game you ever played in. Uh, Brady, I I'm thinking maybe 2010 UNLV out there, but I don't know. You know, I would probably – I mean, that was definitely hot, right? I mean, it's but, just like, a hot and humid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For me, it was UNLV, I think, 2011. The home game UNLV game was – Oh, yes. Yeah. It right, was yeah. so the opener. hot and humid. Yeah, there was openers, a night game. And that was 90 degrees, yeah. Yeah, I had to actually end up, I think, changing my socks and my shoes at halftime because, you know, when your feet get soggy, wet, and water just gushing out every step – had to change, change the cleats, and uh, came out, and they were the same way after the game was over. So I'd say that was probably the hottest one, um, you know, I can remember, and was cramping up after the game pretty bad and all that fun stuff. But. What did we say the uh, temperature was tomorrow night in Florida? You said 81 with 81, a humidity. 81. Well, that's, that doesn't yeah. sound too bad. I mean, so for me, it was definitely the UNLV game, and just one. it was the uh, 2010 away game, um, and it's just a different heat out there. It's a dry heat, so it's that. You don't even realize you're sweating. I remember right. I had it's to go into the fourth. Right I, I had to go and get an IV in the fourth quarter, but it was a different. Again, it was different from an offensive lineman's perspective because that was a game where we maybe threw the ball twelve times, and you had these long twelve-play drives where you're running power the whole time. Defense was off the field. And we're sitting there, and I mean, you absolutely love that. But for us up front, I think it just depends on. You know what group's going to bear that weight, Bill? How much in a day or maybe a practice um, can a can an old lineman lose weight? I know we've had some crazy numbers back in our fall camp, but I know it's yeah, some, could, somewhere between fifteen or twenty pounds for yeah, some guys. I think, I think the most I've lost is eighteen pounds. Eighteen pounds in a practice in a single practice. Yeah, it was a, a camp practice. Bob Bostad, Bob Bostad <laughs> hit the sled, no water bake practice. <laughs> They uh they don't do that anymore. Well, I, I mean they may have those kind of practices, but they got this this new uh, thing in the weight room from Gatorade. They got a scale sent to them, and they they if you lose a certain percentage percent uh, or percentage of your body weight, and it, it's like there's a green zone, a, re- a yellow zone, and a red zone. And if you earn the red zone, like you have to come back into the facility and keep on drinking and drinking and drinking. They like have a certain number of Gatorades that you have to drink, certain number of waters. Like Tyler Biotis is drinking is this like throughout practice. No, this is like the end of practice. You go in and get on the scale. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, no, like <laughs> yeah, I didn't practice, know. I was like, man, that'd yeah. be crazy because that's that's the wild thing about it is sometimes you have no idea how much weight you're losing. Right, right. So, but like this is yeah, it's a new scale that they that Gatorade sent them this summer, and they that's how they 
figure out how much how much fluids they have to put so back in. Shout out to Gatorade. It. Yeah, <laughs> some accuracy behind it. So not yeah, no Badger. What was that? Uh, Badger, Badger Max. Max. How disgusting Max. was that stuff? I was a big fan of the 16G back in the day. <laughs> I was a fan of the 17G. <laughs> So I heard they've been working on the 18G, but that's... <laughs> but, I mean, Badger Max was... My understanding is Badger Max is not very good. That was right after my time. I, I never, yeah, I never had it. I never had it either. Okay. All right. I never had it either. Oh, they had a water, right, too? It wasn't it they like did. a pH They did. Water, I, think, I, think the, I think the water went out of business like a year after they uh, got into business with them. Inspired. Yeah. I want to say they... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Was that it? I, I want to so. say somebody tested the uh, water with a pH strip that was supposed to be the higher pH and kind of the hot thing at the time and it, it was, was just chlorine pool water huh? <laughs> just normal spigot water um, but th- this is also the first time they're playing on the road to start a season a true road game to start a season since 2010 and what are, what are the challenges I mean obviously UNLV there was 30,000 Badger fans there so maybe it's a little bit different you know playing into that in 2010 but I didn't there's going to be a ton of Badger fans there tomorrow night I'm sure but what are the challenges of playing on the road away from home to start a season I would say, you know, obviously distractions, a new locker room, you know, different bus schedule, different times, you know, different hotel, different food, um, you know, anything and everything you can think of, different, even something as small as the announcer over the PA system or, you know, the way they run the game down there, or, you know, the gates you come in, all that stuff. But once you hit the field inside those lines, personally, I love playing away games. It was fun to kind of get out see the fans get booed you know some games that come to mind playing in iowa was always fun just because they're always on your back they're always talking junk when it's right there like the Al- iowa I mean, they're six yeah. feet away from you and they're having a conversation some drunk yeah. guy behind you you're you're, you're asking about you know his days talking junk to you it's just it's fun and to come back off the field and you know make a good play and i don't know it's kind of what's motivating the, to go back go up and shut that guy up so what's the craziest thing was said to you there peace uh pg wise I mean, so just just <laughs> probably talking about your family, you know. For sure. Do they do, would, would they do their research? Yeah, I mean, because I think like at, at Duke, obviously everyone gets you know the Cam and Crazies get credit for doing their research and they know players inside and out and they know what they're saying to guys and that type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, just in general, I mean, I don't know what was said, but it was just fun, you know, mixing it up with some yeah. some local Iowa fans and watching the drool come out of their mouth and, and bark at you, but. It was always fun. <laughs> what about uh, what about? Well, okay, so what? So I could spin it the other way as it being a positive. Okay. Because when you go on the road, it's just you, your teammates, the coaches. There's, you know, you don't have the parents, you don't have you know your friends, girlfriend coming to town. You don't have all that stuff. It's just you, the guys, what you've been working on the whole off season, going on the road and starting it right. Um, so I I actually like the road games more. I feel like there's more focus less distractions when you go on the road what's your favorite road game that you've ever played in i love playing at iowa but like what particular game 2010 does 2010 stick out for everybody here yeah, that was a fun game that was a fun i mean i was, a fun I was there it was a good game any yeah. game where it's you know a close one like that a ranked yeah. i mean opponent conference opponent with all the history i mean the michigan state games on the road the hail mary game obviously um you enjoyed that i mean i didn't enjoy it but it was fun while it was until the last <laughs> play right but i mean Michigan State Stadium is always a fun one to play in Ohio State, obviously. Um, I just think it comes down to what type of game is actually happening in that sure. stadium is what makes it memorable. I mean, how many close games do you have with, like, an Indiana or Purdue at their stadium? I mean, you're probably not going to remember it. So um, it just comes down to playing what type of game it is. Is it competitive? Is it fun? Is it on the line? Is it, you know, up to you to make a play to 
to either you know win the game, save the game, lose the game. I don't know. It's just, it's just pressure filled. I think it's the pressure that makes it fun and performing, um, no matter where you are. And on the road, like Bill said, it just makes it that much more fun is to, you know, battle the so-called distractions and come out on top. So yeah, it's just you, your teammates against everybody else. All right. Uh, we're going to get back into it when we come back on the other side. Even you are listening to the Wisconsin Football Roundtable here on The Zone. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable with Zach Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome back into the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. We're live at Coaches Club on Main Street in Cross Plains. I got three former Badgers with me: Mike Taylor, Bill Nagy, and Brady Ewing. We're talking a little bit. Uh, a lot of stuff, but uh, Badgers getting ready for a big game tomorrow night. Their season opener at South Florida in Tampa. Expecting some uh, hot conditions uh, down there. I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the defense, Mike, because they took a little bit of a step back last year. Uh, I think in, in talking to the guys, both Chris Orr and some others, uh, that they know that they took a step back after being in the top 20 and scoring defense every year since, I think it was 2011, uh, they finished outside of it. What is it? What does it take for, or what do you think it is going to take for defense for the defense to bounce back? They had a lot of young guys last year, but they have to replace two big time players in Ryan Connolly and T.J. Edwards. But um, what does it take for the for a bounce back? You would think. Well, I don't know a whole lot about you know the current defense. Um, you know, I was just looking at the the roster today actually, and it's the D backs that I think. What have we got? Maybe what is it? Two sophomores, maybe a freshman and a junior. Yeah. Um, which. I mean, I don't really think, you know, experience or your your age, I guess, is going to matter a whole lot. I mean, it's the type of guys that you are going to have on the field, right? So, you got players that that are going to take accountability, that want to be out there, that are that are hungry, right? So, you just had a, a poor, I guess, we'll call it, you know, poor for our standards, for, Badgers fans, right? Right. But, that's 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 what I guess I, when I say it, take a step back. I'm thinking about a top ten defense, you know, for right. four years that finished in the top five in scoring defense in this right. one, you know. So, yes, a step back in Wisconsin standards. I th- it's just going to start with a mentality, really. I mean, you know, first game, everyone's excited. Every- everyone, th- Here's the thing, breaking camp, everyone thinks they're the best player. You know, come out of camp, you feel great. You've been in the cold tub the last week. You feel a lot better. You think you had a great camp. The coaches are pampering you. They're giving you a pat <laughs> on the back. You know, you can do this. You can do this. And, you know, they do it for a reason is to get you, to get you confident. Back in 2009, I was a redshirt freshman, but I was starting my first game, and you know, I don't think I was scared one bit. I was ready to rock and roll. I was, you know, frothing at the mouth to get in there and be like, you know what? Now it's my time to shine. You know, this is what I've been waiting for. I was redshirted. I can't wait to hit the field. And I think that's just the mindset that you got to have as a young player. I mean, whether it's the D-backs, the linebackers, or, you know, whatever position it is, is you want to, you want to have, to, you know, have to want to be out there and, and make plays and just, you know, go to bed dreaming about making a play, wake up like, how can I make that play? And just, perfect your craft and i think you know tomorrow night you're gonna have you know guys out there for the first time that are gonna be like you know what this is it they're gonna look around like wow this is fantastic but they're not gonna let it get to them they're gonna get out there and listen to their coach and focus and and hopefully play a a very good um you know focus and do your job type of game and hopefully they get rewarded for it 
you mentioned guys stepping on the field for the first time, and there's going to be guys that, that built your old position and Brady, your old position, being out there for, I guess, the starting for the first time. Uh, John Chanel at fullback, uh, looking like he's going to get the start. What a beast he is. Have you, have you, have you had a chance to meet him? A little bit. And I, he, I think I've met him once, but he looks – I think I saw some videos of him when he was back in high school. <laughs> Seems like a freak in the Him and his brother room. both. Yeah. Uh, him and his brother both just absolute beasts. They look like Mike Taylor now. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 right they, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's scary. Like, it's – they're huge guys. They're for, – for true fre- – one was a true freshman last year. The other one's a true freshman this year. Yep. They're both built like they're seniors in college. But your first, can you remember your first game uh, a little bit? Uh, and, and it's not John's first game. It's going to be his first start. For can sure. you remember a little bit uh, of the uh, maybe what you were feeling inside? Yeah. you're Honestly, I feel like Wisconsin does a great job preparing you, whether it's, you know, giving you experience on special teams early in your career or, um, you know, the practice. Honestly, games were easy. You'd go into games and you would be so prepared, whether it was from camp or throwing 10 guys in the box and trying to figure out how to block it on a power play. Um, games were easy. Honestly, playing against some of the other smaller te- schools that we would play. Um, what was your first game? You know, practice squad guys for Wisconsin. Would be Do you remember what your first game was? First game as a starter? Yeah. And uh, was BUNLV was when I got some full 2010? Yep, yep. And then before that, played special teams my first two years. Okay. Uh, so, and then on the offensive line, you've got Jason Erdman, who's – He's a fifth-year senior, but he's going to be making, I guess, technically his first start. And then you got Josh Sheltzner, a former walk-on, who's going to be likely making his first start. What are they walking into uh, tomorrow night? Coach Rudolph prepares those guys like no other. Um, and just the competition, especially having some of the defensive line healthy, too, who they've been going up against all that's camp. That's true. Yep. And that's something, too, just piggybacking on Mike with the defense. That D-line was... I mean, they had Caden Lyles playing D tackle, and he's going to be getting some reps at right guard. Now he's, I think. Is yeah, he now he's right guard? yeah now well he's he's listed as one of. The, I mean, they got three starters, is what Joe said. Well, that's uh, exciting, and that's the, the comp- guard. competition brings out the best in all those guys. Yeah. I know they've all seen meaningful reps in practice during camp and spring, and everybody knock on wood seems to be really healthy. But again, all those guys, young guys, they're all trying to prove themselves, and uh, excited to watch them just cut it loose. Yeah, um, but. They're so talented, and I know Ross Kalaji and the strength staff. Um, that's really where you know the offensive line's confidence starts is in the weight room. And sure. I think they've taken a lot of ownership with that. Um, and I know Coach Rudolph does a heck of a job too. So those guys will those guys will be ready to rock. Everybody's talking about you losing four starters and like it's going to be it's not going to fall off. Like I don't think it's yeah. they're going to fall off whatsoever. You have a guy in Cole Van Lannen who. Didn't start, but he played a ton last year. Tyler's the best center in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Logan Bruss played the last three games, started the last three games. And you got some, uh, you know, Jason who's played a ton of football. And then Josh and, and Caden. And then Michael Beach behind him. David Mormon, you mentioned. He's going to play a little tight end. Yep. Uh, jumbo tight end. Yeah, we're, we're uh, so very fortunate. Bill to have used Tyler to play a little back. jumbo tight end, yeah. too. So. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. Did you catch any passes? Practice. But they never called him in the game. And no. pro day. No. Pro day a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I had some hands. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying you didn't have any hands. I'm just no. surprised that they let you catch some balls in, at Pro Day. Like, yeah. Who was the, who was the other tight end in, uh, coming out that year? It would have been uh, Kendricks. Kendricks? Lance. So yeah. when it came down to you and him, who had the better hands? They're just uh, – probably me. But there's just, they're just – you know, sometimes there's not enough balls to go around. Sure. <laughs> what, Mike, Mike, you have something to say. Go ahead. No. I'm no, not. all right, all right. <laughs> I'm not going not gonna to touch that one. All right. All um, right. <laughs> 
Yeah, no. Uh, so, again, Wisconsin uh, takes on South Florida tomorrow night. Uh, Paul Christ and the Badgers uh, looking to, to start 1-0, uh, I think. He started 1-0 every year, but his first year, they lost to, to uh, Alabama that, that first year. This opponent, a little bit different, um, South Florida. Uh, but I kind of I did ask you guys last night um, for some funny Brett Bielema Do you have any Brett Bielema stories? You guys all played for him. Do you have any funny Brett Bielema stories that uh, you'd like to share? Because I know that there are some, and I, maybe some aren't great for publication. Uh, but do you have any that are good for uh, on air here at all? You know, I'm, I'm trying to think. Um. You know what? We'll take a break. I'll let you think, and we'll, <laughs> co- and we'll come back on their side. You're listening to the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable with Zach Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back into the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. I'm Zach Heilprin, joined by former Badgers Brady Ewing, Mike Taylor, and Bill Nagy. We're live at Coaches Club in Cross Plains on Main Street. Um, before the break, we kind of was kind of asking you for uh, potentially any stories about Brett Bielema or Paul Christ. Um, over the break, Mike Taylor, but you came up with a, with a story. Obviously, um, you, your final season was Brett Bielema's final season at Wisconsin in 2012. Uh, he left the team right after the Big Ten Championship game, but your, your story of uh, how you found out and, and just everything around there, because I think there's, there's a little bit, I don't think everybody knows how that all played out. Yeah, just to, to preface it, I never had anything wrong with Coach B. I always respected him. Obviously, he gave me you know, a scholarship to a great school, um, so I was always appreciative to him. Obviously, you know, people have different opinions of him for whatever reason, but I wasn't one of those guys that, you know, that ever you know, bad-mouthed him or saw anything like that. So, But sure. um, after the Big Ten game, you know, we're in the meeting or whatever, and we're about to break for, you know, Christmas break or what? I don't know, it must have been sometime in December, just a little break. Yeah, before the before bowl yep. practice got started. And yep. so, I mean, he just was addressing the team and let us know, like, hey, you know, I'm going to go to, the, I think he was in New York or something for whatever reason, and he just was like, okay, that's normal. And then he says, you know, don't don't listen to what you hear on the, on the news or something like that. I'm just like... <laughs> or, or he said, "Don't worry." It's just like, Red wait flag. a second. Now I'm worrying. Like <laughs> he just <laughs> told me not to worry. Now I'm super worrying about it. He's like, whatever. And so you know, we come back and we start bull prep or bull practices, and you know, we have the team meeting, and there's you know, Coach Bielma, and he doesn't look right. He's you know, he's in a, a tie, a suit and coat, and it just looks uneasy. It's like, huh? Okay, now I'm you know, double down on my worried. You know, like here we go. It's coming. To, to, to you know confirmation of the worriness right here and he basically just addressed the team and was like hey you know I, I, got, I took an opportunity at Arkansas obviously and you know I understand some of you guys you know might hate me for it you know but I'll give you two choices you can either leave the, the auditorium in the back door you don't have to say bye you can go on your way or you can you know go through the front door where I'll be and you can shake my hand and well, you know, I was a senior, so I'm sitting in the front row, so I only had, really had one option. <laughs> you couldn't run. You couldn't run. <laughs> not couldn't. going through the traffic of all the kids in the back, so I went through the front door, <laughs> and I shook his hand. And like I said, I never had a problem with Coach Coach B. I thought he was great, great coach, good, you know, 
guy to be around. Yeah. So I shook his hand, and I guess, you What know, was the split? What's that? What was the split? How many went out the back? How many went out the front? You know what? I think a healthy amount came out the front, and I don't. I mean, I think it's probably more out the front than the back. But I guess the bonus to the situation was, <laughs> you know, I got to ask, you know, Coach Barry Alvarez if he wanted to coach my last game at the Rose Bowl. Yeah. You actually asked him? I asked him. Yeah. Um, the captains. So the captains went captains, down there. Captains. We had a little captains talk. And was, was that truly brought about by you guys, or is that somebody spurring that on internally to? You know, no one will ever know how it went down, but the captains asked, wink, wink, right? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> but, but, but it's just a cool thing. I mean, when you're a Wisconsin kid growing up, Brady, you can attest to this. Like, that's what you grew up on was Coach Barry Alvarez coaching Wisconsin Badgers, and that's just what you always wanted to be a part of. So, you know, my senior year last game, Rose Bowl, I can't think of a better way to go out. So, you know, it kind of worked out. Obviously, we lost the game, but it was just a cool experience to go through the whole, you know, how Wisconsin football kind of got started in its roots of, you know, going through Coach uh, Barry Alvarez. So I, it, was, it was fun. And you, you probably thought you were going to be the only captain that ever got to ask that question. And then two years later, right. a whole other group got to go in and, and ask Barry. to. That game worked out a little bit better, though. He danced uh, in it. the locker room, too, didn't he? He What's did. He, he, danced, he danced Yeah, in the outback, at the Outback Bowl, uh, danced in the locker room after Melvin went for 253 yards and a whole bunch of touchdowns. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and so, Brady, you were telling us about uh, – Coach Chris, when he because he recruited you, yep. Uh, he uh, he stopped out in the dead of winter. I'm guessing. Yeah, it was the winter. Um, came out and watched the basketball practice, and stopped up at the house, talked to the family a little bit, and you know, winter time, Christmas time, so we had the the, the family tree up. For some reason, no idea why, like one of the Christmas lights like started on fire, <laughs> and so my family scrambling right. My Clark dad. Griswold put that tree up or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, Dave Ewing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so my family scrambling to try to put it out, and you know those those that know Coach Chris, um, he doesn't get too high or too low for anything. He's pretty pretty even keeled, and he was trying to help and be uh, you know a big supporter, but he was just scrambling around, almost creating more of a, a flurry um, and just just clouding the situation out. But it was that's probably one of my funniest memories. And uh, but did you ever bring many, it back up? A little bit more so. We had a great conversation out at the Rose Bowl my senior year. So we were eating in and out Burger, yeah. you know, the day before the game. I know game. about that. And that's, yeah, that's uh, probably one of the things we talk about the most is just that conversation. It wasn't about football. It wasn't about the next day. It was just about life, aspirations, dreams, family, and probably one of my best memories with him. No, you played for him, and you, and you coached under him. Any, any uh, stories about Paul Christ as a, as a coach or as a colleague? You know, there are so many stories, Paul, but he is truly just such a, a genuine, nice guy. I'll never forget, um, this is when, throughout the NFL, had a few injuries. I was with Detroit at the time. Kind of saw the there was an end near with injuries and trying to rehab. And I'll never forget, he called and just asked how I was doing. And then he, he reached out, and he was at Pittsburgh at the time. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. And he said, hey, we got a, we got a spot in the weight room as a, a graduate assistant. You just call, and position's of, yours. Yeah, out of and, the blue. Uh, yeah, just out of the blue. I remember the phone call like it was yesterday. But uh, just a real genuine person, and I think that's what you'll get from pretty much everybody that's that's been around him for a while. It's it is all about being genuine. Um, yep. Again, Wisconsin will open the season tomorrow night against South Florida. Like to get your game predictions, uh, Bill. I know you're rolling with the Badgers. What do you think it's going to be? You want the actual score? Yeah. Thirty-eight. Thirteen. Mike. I'm going to go uh, Badgers. We'll say thirty-four. USF. 
17. And Brady, what do you got? 35-21, Wisconsin. 30, so, okay, 3-0. No. Uh, real quickly, season prediction, record for you, Brady? Uh, how many games they play? 12. They play 12. <laughs> I'll do 9-3. Uh, and three. Mike? This is just a total out of thin air. I'll go 9-3. and three. <laughs> <laughs> Billy? You know, I, I think... I truly think the over/under is going to be set at eight games. It is, so I'm going to say nine. All right, nine and three. All right, well, we'll I'm gonna, see. How, I'm going to we'll roll with it. We'll see how it plays out. Great, uh, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, can't wait to continue yeah. to do this throughout the entire rest of the season. Absolutely, it was fun. Thank you. All right, we certainly do appreciate everybody here at Coaches Club in Cross Plains. Until next Thursday, you've been listening to the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.